that you should send your sons to him, send your teenage sons sometimes to sit with him, have your teenage sons go and sometimes learn stories from him. He is a treasure in your community. And really when we don't value the ulama and the treasures that we have, how much can you really benefit from somebody who's traveling to and just here for a few days? Hmm? He blessed your country and community with, you know, from the very earliest generation with people like that and Hazrat Mahmud and Marshall and many other pioneer ulama and shuyukh that you have. Right? Here. So, I think I would actually continue with this and actually think that women sometimes underappreciate how much they can benefit from Ulaman Shuk by reading their books and knowing their lives and reading their works. And you know, our Shaykh Hazrat Zaman Sahib, he puts a lot of emphasis on this. And many times he says that the way we treat and train our students and the path to come closer to Allah Spanta, which is called Tariq, he says it's based on Quran and Sunnah and Sirat Salaf. And he says it's very important because the Quran and the Sunnah is the map. But you need to see the stars on that map. You need to see the signposts on the map. You need to be able to navigate that map. And when you listen and learn and read and study and try to imitate the lives and teachings of the Akabar, Ulama, Awliya of this Ummah, then you will really be able to be guided practically. And you know there's so many things that you will find when you read these works or you read them out to one another. And you even find a lot of practical guidance on practical matters even household household matters, family matters. Uh, but you have to read those things. And a lot of things are timeless. No doubt, the early ulama, mashaykh, even recent ulama, mashaykh, were living in a different time, a different culture, different context. But there are a lot of things in the human experience that are timeless. And deen of Islam is a timeless deen. So it's not can be just re- reduced to context. So I would say, you know, over 90%, Right from Sabakram or right to the most recently passed away ulama Oliya, ninety even maybe plus percent of what they wrote and said and taught and even the letters they wrote to the students are still of relevance and value and can be a source of rushd and hidayah and guidance for us. But we have to be guided by the guidance. Mm-hmm. And then there's a second big element of history, which is something all of you should be masters at. And that is the history of the great Muslim women of this Ummah. And how many great Abidas there were, Zakras there were, Mufassiras there were, Muhaddasas there were. How much women accomplished in this Ummah. Hmm? And then you will realize, it's, it, it will happen to you subconsciously, automatically. That you will assess yourself, or you will examine yourself in light of their accomplishments. And yes, they were also mothers, and they also had to raise children, but didn't have you know, much technology and ease and comfort and with a lot of difficulty they raised their children on deen maybe they didn't even have food to eat maybe they were wanting and were in a state of want and hunger but along with raising their children on deen they were also able to draw themselves closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there's a lot there for you to look at in your history here, so these were just some reflections coming off from meeting as Allah Grant him health and extend his life with khair and afia and husn and amal. And may he make him a shade of guidance and tenderness over this community and for all of us. Ameen. Alright.
Now that Ramadan has passed, Alhamdulillah, all of you, we have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he, he would have given you tawfiq to make a lot of good amal in Ramadan, fasting in Ramadan, <laughs> praying taraweeh, reciting Qur'an. Now you have to continue the mission. It's very important that you continue the mission that you began in Ramadan, which did not end at Eid, but that you began in Ramadan will end the day you enter your grave will end the moment the angel of death comes and takes your ruh out. That is the end of the mission. And the success of that mission will be manifested on the day of judgment. And were you to be granted success as a woman, you would be granted genital for those in the companionship and neighborhood of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam and the Nabiyeen and Sahaba and Uliya and Shuhada, Umahatul Mu'meen, Azwaj Mutaharat. That is your goal, that is your mission. Your only purpose for the existence on life and earth is to attain akhirah. There is no other purpose or value to this life. None of the material comforts in this world have any value in themselves. None of the achievements, accomplishments, degrees, education have any accomplishment, any value in of themselves. The only value that exists in anything is to the extent that it can help us in our mission to attain akhirah, to become successful in akhirah, to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sometimes if there's anything in your life that doesn't have that, you need to trim it. You would have seen in Ramadan when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of His infinite mercy and hidayah, He guided us that fasting would help us, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّكُونَ That fasting would help us have taqwa. So what did all of us do? We trimmed our eating. We made better use of our time. Most people sleep less in Ramadan. You would have talked less in Ramadan. You would have wasted less time in Ramadan. You would have wasted less time on the computer or phone or with people in Ramadan. So you've seen just now, real life practically, that if you trim these extra things from your life, like mashallah, when you prepare and you cook, you trim the fat so the meat is lean. But when you trim the fat from your life and you become lean, you can see how much closer you can come to Allah subhanahu So you want to keep that fat off. You want to keep away from those things. Anything and everything that you stayed away from during the month of Ramadan, you want to stay away from it and keep on staying away from it from the rest of your life. Even if it was halal, but maybe it was halal, it wasn't tayyib. Maybe it was halal, but it had no, it was what we call love, fudul. It was futile, vain, pointless, superfluous, israf. It was excessive. Notwithstanding that it was halal. And if you trim those things, you will be able to soar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no real reason why any one of you, there's no real reason why every single one of you cannot become the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no reason. There's nothing that can stop you. You have iman. Iman is the only necessary ingredient to become the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The potential. If you have iman, means you have the potential for taqwa. You have iman, you have the potential for haya. You have iman, you have the potential for zikr. Just having iman puts in your heart the potential to work hard, beg Allah ta'ala and from his tawfiq to be bestowed every sifat, every attribute, every amal, every action that would make a woman the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the intimate, dear and near beloved friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what you should want. <coughs> and many times women, because they're sensitive and they're emotional, so they're very sensitive about their relationships in this world. They're sensitive to their emotional needs. They feel their emotions. And find that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you, partly in order to enable you to be a loving and tender mother, but also that you should then reflect and use this creation 
use the fashion and manner in which Allah SWT created you to become emotional about deen, passionate about deen, sensitive about your haya, sensitive about your salah, sensitive about your zikr. You should use these features in order to become closer to Allah SWT, to become stronger in your deen. And this is where we have a failing. That you are sensitive about all your other relationships. You are watchful over all your other relationships. You are caring, loving, affectionate in your other relationships. But then there's a danger that you become desensitized and lax in your relationship with Allah SWT. So you must know Allah SWT more. Love Allah SWT more. Obey Allah SWT more. Worship Allah SWT more. Remember Allah SWT more. This is your craze in life. Along with this, you can be the best mother you can, the best wife you can, the best teacher you can, whatever it is that you do. But the craze and passion of your heart, and the reason I'm using this word is because that's the nature of woman, the Bihal Swantala made you. Once you decide on something and you make it your craze, once you decide on something and you make it your mission, once you decide on something, you make it your passion, mashallah, there's nothing that can stop you. Hmm? Like the mother when she has a craze for her children, passion for her children, there's nothing that can stop the mother from the feeling of motherhood, from the acts of motherhood, from the duties of motherhood, from caring for children as a mother. Nothing. That's how you should be for Allah Taala. That's how you should be an abidah of Allah Taala. That's how you should be a servant and slave and worshipper of Allah Taala. That's how you should be a zakira. That's how you should pray your salah with that same passion and craze. And look, Sometimes you're so sensitive that if something slight happens, something slight happens in your life, it unsettles you. You should be the same way sensitive about your deen. That if there's the slightest, slightest lapse in haya or the slightest lapse in your ibadah, it should unsettle you. And you should make sure it never happens again. You should become firm and steadfast in turning to Allah SWT. You should have istiqamah. You should be firm on your deen. So this is very important. You know, we have a problem that a lot of people have become very <sighs> passive when it comes to deen. Very passive, very lax, very laid back. Hmm? So one reason Allah sent Ramadan was to shake this out of us. To Alhamdulillah, I only do the karam and not because if we have any himmat inside us. It's only the karam and fazl of Allah SWT. Hmm? But if Allah Ta'ala gave us that himma, himma is a very important word, himma, uh, strength, resolve, deep resolve and enduring resolve. Hmm? And if Allah Ta'ala gave it, because how else can you fast 12 hours, 14 hours? How else can you stand in Taraweeh for one or two hours? How else can you recite so much Quran? This is called himma. It's from the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. It's not any innate strength that any of us possess. It's a gift from Allah Ta'ala. And we have to honor that gift. We don't put down the himma when the day of Eid comes. We keep going. We keep going. So you want to recite as much Quran after Ramadan as you did in Ramadan. You want to make the same du'as to Allah Ta'ala after Ramadan that you did in Ramadan. Shaykh Amr Zaman Sahib, said another beautiful thing in Ramadan, that you know on the 27th night, most people think it's most probable that it's Layl together. So they make ibadah on that night with a certain extra passion, right? Hoping that it will equal 80 plus years of ibadah, hoping that Allah Ta'ala will send a special mercy and acceptance on that ibadah. But then he said that, okay, that is the zaman, that is the time. But the feeling, 
that you had in your heart on Lil Takadir of desire for ibadah, hope in Allah Ta'ala's mercy and forgiveness, desire, hirs even like a craze for Allah Ta'ala's kubuliyah that He accepts you, that feeling you can have in your heart anytime. It's not that you, could, you should restrict yourself to that feeling on the night of the 27th. And that's so true. And in fact, we should try. You should try w- once a day or once a week or a few times a week to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the same feelings in your heart that you had in your heart on the night of the 27th. Because it's the one and only same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He has the same infinite mercy and hidayah and maghfirah that He had on the together. Nothing has changed actually. Nothing has changed about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only thing has changed, okay, fine, it's not Ramadan. And if you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that same feeling, same sincerity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make the same thing happen that He makes happen on Laylatul Qadr. So we can't step back. We cannot pull back. We cannot fall back at all. However far Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took us on Sirat al-Mustaqeem, out of His Karim, Fazl Tawfiq and Ramadan, you don't want to slack up. You don't want to fall back. You don't want to lose it at all. Look, I'll give you another example. If there's husband and wife, and for whatever reason, they were not very happily married. They're okay, but they weren't very happily married. There was some slowdown in their relationship. There was some lapse. There was some slack. Okay, now what happens if, let's say, husband and wife manage to work that out. They work that out, and then they become close to one another again. So what happens now? The wife, she will appreciate this closeness again. Because having lost it once, she will appreciate it. Having lost it once and now regained it again, she will be very watchful, very careful that she should never have any slack again. That's how you should be in Ramadan, after Ramadan, in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That are the karam and fazl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the barakah of His command to us to fast, and all the things that we try to do, then our relationship became better. And now that it became better with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should be very grateful for that. It should be the most precious thing that we have, and we should not want it to slip, or slide, or slack in any way. So now all of you are different personalities, there are different ways to become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to find that way, and that path, and that gathering, and that company, and that guidance, and that guide, that suits you the best. But you must turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You must become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And like I said, your niyyah should be all the way that you want to become the wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And especially if there's any one of you who is having any sadness, any loneliness, any setback, any difficulty in her life, any betrayal, any disloyalty in her life, any opposition or enmity from someone in her life, then the only thing that will give you comfort the only thing that will rescue in such situations is your becoming the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your friendship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, like sometimes mothers, they say that, okay, they had a tough day, but then the child, young child comes home from school and the child smiles or jumps and gives their mother a hug and she says, but just getting that hug from my child erased all my worries. Just seeing that one smile from my child, the expression of happiness and joy, even looking out the window and seeing my child playing in the garden and seeing his happiness or her smile on her face, that was enough to erase all my worries. Hmm? Because that's your love as a mother. So then imagine your love as a bandi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
your love as the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how much joy you should derive from that relationship, and how much joy can be derived from that relationship, and obviously the joy that can come if you have good relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can overwhelm and overcome any sadness in your life, any remorse in your life, any sorrow in your life, any loneliness in your life. And yes, if you don't get that joy and happiness, falah and surur and sukoon and itminan from your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends a test on you, then it's very easy to quickly fall into sadness and loneliness and depression. Hmm? Very easy. Because you don't have the real joy, which is the joy of your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're missing the real joy, and a temporary sadness setback of the world comes on you, then yes, you can fall all the way into depression. All the way. Allahu hmm? Akbar. And those of you, may Allah bless and guide every one of you. If any one of you has ever fallen like that, or has seen a friend or a relative who's fallen in that, you know that that is very hard to get out of. Hmm? Then they're like enveloped in layers of sadness, and then they drown in layers of loneliness. Hmm? And they fall this abyss of depression. Allahu Akbar al-Aman al-Afiz. Allah save us from that. Allah Ta'ala protect us from that. Allah Ta'ala rescue us from that. You don't ever want to fall in that. And how could you fall in that when you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So this is why there are these teachings in our deen of yaqeen in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Man Allahi hasbu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that whomsoever places the entirety, all of their hearts, trust, faith, reliance, happiness, contentment, all of it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ فَهُوَ He himself, he alone, his zat, he will be sufficient, entirely, entirely sufficient for you. You will not need anything else. Hmm? But that means you have to have tawakkul. You have to have that trust and reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes women don't have that trust because they feel distant. These are like they have their relationship issue with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You won't be able to feel this feeling of tawakkul. You won't be able to feel this feeling of yakin if you feel distant. So if you feel distant, number one, you should pick up Quran al-Kareem and start reading it. The more you recite Kalamullah, the more you will become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The less you recite Kalamullah, the less close and the more distant you will become from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just recite. Anytime you feel distant, just immediately pick up Quran al-Kareem and just start reciting. Recite, recite, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Hmm? Then when you've recited a fair amount, then slow down. Try to recite something that you can ponder over. Try to recite something that you can reflect upon. Try to recite something that will impact you. Like go back to Ramadan. What did you have to do? The first few days of Ramadan you had to just recite. Those of you who weren't really reciting much in the year... And you made a good target for yourself in Ramadan. So the first few days you just had to recite and recite and recite and recite. And then after a few days once you had that ability and you started reciting, then you would have noticed this in your recitation of Quran that you slowed down. You didn't feel the need to go so fast. And you slowed down and you started sometimes even pausing. Maybe even sometimes stopping in a particular verse. Maybe to make dua based on that. Maybe to reflect on that. Maybe to ponder upon that. So you would have slowed down and enjoyed that recitation of Qur'an. Now if you've lost that after Ramadan, maybe because we got so busy with family, 
meeting, people coming, visiting, meeting, and after Eid, maybe you're on the vacations with the children after Eid, you need to get it back. You need to get it back quickly. Then the more the days pass that you left Quran or you left Dawah or you left Ibadah, you became distant from the things that you worked so hard to get in Ramadan, the harder it will be to return to it. Even just it's been maybe seven, eight, nine days now, uh, maybe you're already feeling. This is a good way for you to check. What do you feel? You feel Ramadan was like seven days ago? Do you feel no, Ramadan feels like it was one month ago? Hmm? So that's a problem. Because the time distance is seven days, eight days. But if you feel, it feels like Ramadan was a long time ago, that's a spiritual distance. That's what your heart is telling you. Why does it feel long time ago? Because your heart has become distant from what your heart was in Ramadan. So when you think about it, you say, yeah, it feels like Ramadan was a long time ago. And if, mashallah, anyone of you says like this, that no, I feel like Ramadan was just yesterday. I can remember the night of 27 just like it was last night. Hmm? Then alhamdulillah, you still have qurb. You still have spiritual qurb in your heart to the way your heart felt in Ramadan. Your heart is still feeling like that now. Hmm? So just anyone of you can check this in your own heart. It's very important that at least whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from His Karam Fazl Tawfiq bestowed upon us Himself in Ramadan, that we don't lose that. We don't let ourselves slip. And ideally, what's really supposed to happen is not only do you retain Ramadan, you build upon it, you go further, you go deeper. And for that, many of you will need to find some type of activity, some type of program, some type of alamas or ulama who do dars for women, or maybe even start some tafsir course or hadith course or sirah course, or begin some regimen or program of zikr and ibadah, you will need to plug yourself into something to keep yourself going and to keep yourself further. So I'm going to very briefly outline for you few steps that you can begin. Number one is that those surahs of Qur'an al-Kareem that you have already memorized and that you often use, recite, when you pray your salah, you should go now and really deeply understand the tafsir of those surahs. So much that when you pray salah and you recite those surahs, you can feel the feelings of Qur'an. You can feel the way Allah Ta'ala wanted you to feel. You know, whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent revelation, why? When He revealed Qur'an, the purpose of every ayah, every word, every harf, every letter of Qur'an is to bring out some transformation and change in the heart and the life and the practice of a believer. It's to change us. Hmm? But you won't be able to be fully changed unless you fully understand the meaning of what is in that verse or that passage of Qur'an al-Kareem. So, you should now, I will tell you, if you don't, because most of you are English-only speakers, so there's a tafsir called Anwarul Bayan, and translated here by some group of South African ulama, written by Mufti Muhammad Ashik Ilahi, Balanshiri Rimalatala, Mahajir Maddin Abdali. Alright? So, you can start with reading that, and that would be a very good tafsir for you to understand the meanings of Qur'an. Then you might find some authentic ulama, who have given some audio dars of Qur'an, you can listen to that. Then you should seek out some alimas in your community that you can ask them for even more information or you can learn more in-depth Qur'an al-Kareem. Hmm? You should have this passion now. Just like in Ramadan, you had 
30 days that you worked on this pillar of fasting, now you should turn to the pillar of Salah. You should work on your Salah. And one way to work on your Salah is to have a deep understanding of the verses that you recite inside your Salah. Hmm? And this is something very easy. Whatever time in Ramadan you were using to recite Quran, to pray Taraweeh, one hour, two hours, now you can use part of that time to read and study and understand the Tafsir of Quran al You will come closer to Allah Ta'ala through becoming closer and deeper with Kitabullah. Second, the du'as of Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So you take any authentic booklet which has the du'as transmitted from the hadith and then you now go through them. And you start with a few, you circle or tick a few and you start to understand their meaning. Try to feel their feeling. Try to go deep into it and then use those du'as and pray those du'as to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Make it a weird. Hmm? So we were telling some of the men and the women in the earlier talks and the earlier places. So we gave example of one du'a that Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he made du'a to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ash-shirki that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala I ask, I seek refuge in you. I ask that you grant me refuge in your protection from shirk that I would ever, ever in any way associate anyone with you. Hmm? You might be thinking, no, that's not a problem for me. I already have iman, I already have tawheed. Well, don't you think Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had iman and tawheed? He had the highest level of iman and the highest level of tawheed. But what happens is that if something is really beloved to you, you have, a, you do shukr for it. And one way you do shukr is you are afraid of losing it. And there's no way Nabi Akrim could have ever lost Iman. It's impossible. Not even hypothetical. Absolutely unfathomable. But this is how much he valued his Iman and how much shukr he wanted to make to Allah Ta'ala for his Iman that he sought refuge in Allah Ta'ala from shirk. So you should make this dua. Right? And shirk can be also mean the, what we call shirk khafi. Allah Ta'ala, I never want to put myself in your place. What? That you said in Quran, Alhamdulillah, that all praises are for you, and I do something out of riyah and show that I want people to praise me. That's the type of shirk khafi. I never want to do that. I never want to put myself in your place. Then Ya Allah, you are the one who determines and distributes the risk for people. I never want to put myself in your place that I'm angry or upset. Why did you give my neighbor this? Or why did you give my sister-in-law that? Or why did you give my niece that? Or why did you give my auntie that? I never want to put myself in your place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are the one who is al-ghafoor, al-ghafar. You are the one who forgives the sins of the sinner. I never want to put myself in your place and be unforgiving towards someone. That how is it my right not to forgive someone else who's asking for my forgiveness when Allah Ta'ala you've made it your sifat, your attribute that you forgive whoever asks you for forgiveness. But who am I not to forgive somebody who asks me for forgiveness? I never want to put myself in your place. Hmm? So these are all of these meanings are there when you make the sunnah dua, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min shirk. So you should recite these duas with feeling. So just like now I unpacked this meaning for you, you have to have your own talab. You have to be much more active and dynamic in understanding your deen. You have to go and seek out the meanings of these du'as, the feelings of these du'as. You have to use those meanings and feelings to make these du'as connect your heart to Allah and to connect your heart to deen.
Talmud Bavli was sharing with the in the earlier towns and places that Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he made nafsi taqwaha wa zakkiha anta khairu man zakkaha anta waliyuha wa maulaha Rabbi'ati nafsi taqwaha O my Rabb bestow grant my nafs its taqwa Al-Swanta you told and grant for alhamaha fajuraha wa taqwaha that you have placed fujur the capacity to do wrong in my nafs, in myself. And you have placed taqwa, the capacity for piety, haya, modesty, chastity in my nafs. I want that you should grant me the taqwa that you have placed in my nafs. Grant me its taqwa that it already has because you placed it there. Muzakkiha. In Allah I want you to purify my nafs, purify my character, purify my thoughts, purify my mind, purify my desires, purify my wishes. Because you are the best of beings to do tazkiyah of my nafs, you can do the best tazkiyah of my nafs. You are the best to purify my nafs. You are the wali of my nafs. You are the benefactor, friend, guardian of my nafs. You are the master of my nafs. Hmm? This is the way of talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sunnah du'as actually the sunnah way that Sayyidina Rasulullah used to talk to Allah Ta'ala. Conversation with Allah Ta'ala. This is munajat, intimate discourses, please, intimate conversations with Allah Ta'ala. This is munajat with Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's why Shaykh Ta'ala, he compiled book munajat in Makbul. Makbul because they're munajat Rasul. Because he's a Rasul al-Makbul. You know, his munajat, his du'as were accepted because he was beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? And so when we make the same du'as, we hope that the du'as will be accepted, but also when we make the du'as, same du'as, we hope that we will also be accepted makbul. We ourselves will become makbul the way Nabi Akareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was makbul. Because hmm? if the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is makbul, so the Ummati also wants to be Makbul. Hmm? So what better way? What does it mean to have a Nabi? It means to ride on the Kubuliyat, Makbuliyat of your Nabi. Hmm? And so one perfect way of that is the Sunnah Duas of Nabi Akrim And then you have to make your own Duas. You should add to it. You should run with it. You should talk to it because that itself is a Sunnah. In other words, one Sunnah is the Sunnah, is the particular sentences and words that the Prophet used. Okay, that's called Nakal. That you will copy those words and repeat and imitate those du'as. Second Sunnah is that the Prophet himself used to spontaneously in his own language and word talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you will also follow that Sunnah in your own language, in your case English, you will spontaneously turn to Allah ta'ala and talk to Allah Ta'ala, and ask of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, and plead to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, and beg of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, that is also sunnah. And you have to do both. Both. And Alhamdulillah, this is also something, the barak of Ramadan, for some people who are a bit hesitant in du'a, or for some people who are a bit stifled in their ability to make du'a year-round, in Ramadan it opened up. They started making du'a suhoor, du'a iftar, du'a on the odd nights, then the, their... Mm. aspect of du'a opened up so you have to keep it open don't close back up again mm? if you open up your heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you are making du'as to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't let yourself close up again just like 
you know, we say in the relationships that finally they opened up, then what you want, you want them to stay open. You don't want them to close up. You say, oh, my teenage daughter, you know, I gave her so much love and I spent more time and now she's finally opening up to me. So you tell your friend, right? That my teen, she's finally opening up to me. So that is critical for you that she must, it must stay open. Just like that flower that buds and blossoms, it opens up, right? So Alhamdulillah, in Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala opened you up for Him. Allah to open up your path for dua. Allah to open up your path for zikr, for remembering Him, thinking about Him, seeking Him, playing to Him. So you don't want to let that close. You don't want to go back and become shy again with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Hmm? So you must continue the du'as, continue the du'as. Every night you can make du'a to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala as if it is Laylatul Qadr. And it's not Laylatul Qadr, but you will make the du'as with the same feeling that if were it to be Laylatul Qadr, you would have had the same feeling. Hmm? So recitation of Qur'an al-Kareem, understanding of Qur'an al-Kareem, using the Sunnah du'as, understanding them, making them with feeling, and then making your own du'as in your own words to Allah SWT. And the last thing we will mention for you today is that you have to increase the quality of your relationships with your family members. And you, you yourself, everyone, every situation is different, you pick. Maybe you'll start with your mom, maybe you'll start with your dad, maybe you'll start with husband, maybe you'll start with son, maybe you'll start with daughter, maybe you'll start with sister, maybe you'll start with brother, maybe you'll start with some in-law. Hmm? But you must pick some relationship and improve it. Now you don't always have to pick the hardest one. Does it mean you start with the relationship that has the most awkwardness or the most difficulty or the most bad feelings? Pick one that maybe is already doing well and see if you can make it better. And train yourself that way. And get some practice. And making the good ones better, the social ones good, then you'll get some idea how you can make relationships better. And then work on the ones that are not so good. Then work on the ones that are quite bad. And then finally, then work on the ones that are really bad. Hmm? Yeah? You have to improve your relationship with other people. You have to improve your relationship with makhluk. And this is also one way that we will improve our relationship with khaliq, with Allah SWT. Because it's Allah SWT who created us, and He created these relationships around us. He created those people with whom we are in these relationships. He created our flaws, which are sometimes causing a problem in the relationship. He created their flaws, which sometimes cause a problem in the relationship. All of it is makhluk. All of it is makhluk. Hmm? So when you make dua, and you have tawakkal on khaliq, on that being who created all of these things, then inshallah you will have barakah in improving and mending your relationship with others. And those of you mothers in particular, because we said something to them in Lodium and then we got the feedback that they appreciated that, so we will share that with you as well. But those of you mothers, there's a very particular thing that you have to do in tarbiyah, especially when the children hit around nine. Because what happens is Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa told us in hadith that you should now introduce your child and encourage your child to pray from the age of seven, but you should start enforcing the prayer at the age of ten. Now it's not just about salah, it's generally also about what we call the awamir and nawahi, the commandments and laws and rules of Islam. Now what happens is that lots of times women, just mothers, get just caught up in that. Making the son pray, making the daughter pray. You know, the good mothers are always worried that I don't want my daughter to miss a prayer, I don't want my son to miss a prayer. Alright. And that, no doubt, is a task. 
But better that you start one year early and you start putting some feelings in their heart so that they, by the time they hit 10, 11, they want to pray without working on the feelings in their heart and all you will tell them is they have to pray, then Islam will become just a burdensome duty for them. And you don't want to take that path of tarbiyat because there's a danger they might resist, there's a danger they might resent. So before it comes to this, their stage and age in life that they have to pray, and you sit them down and the only thing you tell them is you have to pray, you have to pray, you have to pray, right? Before that and during that, so from ages 9 to 14 in particular, there should be a lot of effort on making them want to pray. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, guides people and, you know, we got a feeling that to develop a course for children this age, but actually all mothers can develop this course for their own children. So we're sharing it with you. And what is that? So we based it basically on three things. There's the same three questions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have the angel ask us in the grave, which is, Man Rabbuk, who is your Rabb? Man Nabiyuk, who is your Nabi? Man Madinuk, what is your Deen? Alright? And then a sunnah dua of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the same three things. Radiyatu billahi rabba wa bil islami dina wa bi muhammadin nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That to make dua that I'm pleased, I'm happy, I'm overjoyed, I'm thrilled that Allah Ta'ala is my Rabb. And I'm happy that Islam is my deen. And I'm not happy that Rasulullah himself is my Nabi. So then we call this course, Who is Allah? Who is the Prophet And what is Islam? By course I mean that these are three things, topics, that you should talk to your children about. Anything and everything that occurs to you on this topic, you should share it with your children. Hmm? Because many times children, they don't fully understand who Allah Ta'ala is, how beautiful He is, how wonderful He is, how perfect He is, how soft He is, how kind and loving He is to us. And until they understand that, it's going to be hard to make them understand that they have to pray or that they should want to pray. So you should talk to the children about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gave us food. Allah ta'ala is the one who put this roof over our head. Allah ta'ala saved us from that accident. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put love between our own hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the feeling of motherhood towards you. Just keep talking to them. Another aspect of this is whenever you read Quran, study Quran, hear some hadith, and there's anything about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there, you should share with them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who turns to the unbelievers when they turn away from Him. Ya This is who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. This, these ayat and these sifat are who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. You should tell your children that. They don't know that. As-sattar. Allah Ta'ala is the one who covers up for you when you mess up. The child doesn't know that. The child thinks they're covering up for themselves when they mess up. You have to tell them these things. So everything you know about Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, from His Asma'al Husna, His Sifat, from the verses of Quran Al-Kareem, from the teachings of Nabi Al-Kareem, Sallam, from your own reflection on life, you have to share it with your children. What is deen? So they don't really know if I ask a 10 year old to answer this question they don't really know a deep answer to this you have to tell them deen is a beautiful way of life Islam is a perfect way of life Islam wants to end poverty in the world Islam wants that there should be love between everybody Islam wants that there should be all oh, violence should end you should tell them these things so they'll be attracted towards Islam they will have more understanding of Islam and then 
who is Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa hmm? You tell them so they know. So that they fall in love with the Prophet They fall in love with Deen of Islam. The children fall in love with Al-Spantala. This only happens when they know who and what these things are. So who is the Prophet You tell them that oh, once there was an orphan and the Prophet saw that it was day of Eid and the orphan looked sad and the Prophet took that boy and put him on shoulders and took him home and had same clothing from Hassan and Hussein, his beloved grandchildren had that, you know, had the orphan dressed in that, then took that orphan to Eid. So the children will resonate that, will connect with them. If they can imagine, you could even start, build up to the story and ask them, how do you think a child feels who doesn't have parents? How sad do you think they would have been on Eid? So your child will understand, they'll start feeling the sadness, and then tell them the story. Then they will love the Prophet You have to introduce, you have to keep talking, anything, any good thought that comes to you, any good knowledge that comes to you about who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is deen of Islam, and who is Nabi Akrim sallam. You have to share that with you all the time. On the Dastakhan, in the car, on the vacation, looking at the mountains all the time. So that they understand. They understand more and more and more. Then they will inshallah be firm and confident on their deen. They will have yakin on their deen. So here these were a few random scattered thoughts that we shared with you. We make dua Allah that accepted from us. May He accept your coming here. Each and every you came with a niyyah that you wanted to hear something that would bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We make dua that Allah ta'ala fulfill this niyyat of yours, this husnizan of yours. And Allah ta'ala grant you more and better than what any one of us could have given you or what any one of you hoped to get. May Allah ta'ala from his own hidayah, may he grant you his love and his mercy. Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. let us do cutter of all the ulama, awliya, mashaykh in our midst, whether they are in our neighborhood or whether they are wherever they may be in the ummah. Let us be clean, we ask that you give them health, we ask that you give them barakah, we ask that you, Ya Rabb, keep the shade of their tender mercy and guidance over us for many years to come. That you grant them a long life with husni amal and afiyah, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Protect us, Ya Rabb, from ever being ungrateful. Protect us, Ya Rabb, from ever being unappreciative. Ya Rabbi Kareem, forgive us for any time and every time in the past we were ungrateful and unappreciative of these people. Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us soft-hearted, make us tender-hearted, make us gentle-hearted, make us kind-hearted. All of these are sunnahs of Nabi Kareem, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us the sunnah heart, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Make us tender with those who wrong us. Make us forgiving for those who oppress us. Ya Rabbi Kareem, grant all of the women the attribute of sabr, Ya Rabbi. Grant, make them all from the sabirat, from the dhakirat, from the kanitat. And make them women who endure adversity, who have patience and persist in their good deeds. Ya Rabbi Kareem, if any woman has any difficulty in her life, any sadness, loneliness in her life, Ya Rabbi Kareem, be her friend when she has none, be her companion when she has none, shower your mercy upon her heart, shower your tender love upon her heart, protect her Ya Rabbi, protect her from everything Ya Rabbi Kareem, help her safeguard her haya, help her safeguard her chastity, protect her from the fitna that is there, 
protected from the tricks of the shayateen, from the shayateen amongst the ins, from the shayateen, from the jinn, protected from the sin, tricks of Iblis himself, here became protected from every ghair mihram, protected from all ghair mihram, protected from every deception and delusion, protected from every unlawful attraction, here became keep them in your hifaza, ya Rabbi Kareem, Allah protect them from the shar in us, protect them and grant them the khair in the society, protect them from the shar in the society, ya Rabbi Kareem, they are your ibad, they are your abidat, they are your creatures and slaves, ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you guide them, that you send your mercy on them, that you forgive them, that you increase them in their ilm of deen, ilm of Quran, ilm of sunnah, ilm of sirah, ya Rabbi, that you increase them in their amal, ya Rabbi, their practice of deen, ya Rabbi, that you increase them in their jazbah and hal, ya Rabbi, their feelings and passion for deen, ya Rabbi Kareem, have mercy on us when we sin, forgive us when we ask you, ya Rabbi, accept our tawbah when we make it, ya Rabbi Kareem, soften the hearts between in the family members, put peace and harmony, harmony and love in their hearts, and ya Rabbi, those of us who are parents, and the women who are mothers, give us tawfiq to make tarbiyah of our children, help us raise our children on deen, ya Rabbi Kareem, make all of our children from the salihin and salihat, from the zakirin and zakirat, all of our children are brought into Yom Din, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya now we make dua for all the women in the Ummah who are suffering from poverty, who are afflicted with hunger, all the women in the Ummah who are fleeing from war areas, who are refugees and migrants, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Ya Allah, be their protector when they have none, be their guardian when they have none, be their rescuer when they have none, protect from every harm, avenge them, Ya Rabb, as only you can avenge them, you are the intikam, Ya Rabbi Kareem, and raise from the Ummah once again the forces of Haq, Ya Rabbi Kareem, and always join us upon Haq, and protect us from battle, Ya Rabb, and those of us, from men and women, who have every comfort in the world, who have the bounty and blessing of health, who have the bounty and blessing of wealth, who have the bounty and blessing of comfort, in a became, let us be your grateful servants, appreciative slaves. Let us honor the blessings that you have given us and use them for your obedience, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Accept it for khidmat of deen, dawat of deen, khidmat of family, khidmat of makhluk, Ya Allah Rabbi Kareem. Rabbana takamba minna inna ka anta sami'ul alim, watubu alayna inna ka anta tawabur rahim, wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in, برحمتك يا رحم الله